you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Give you just a second here, let me see. Oh, actually, we're just live now. We're not even going through the the 30-second deal that is, is coming up. We just went live. So um, yeah, instead of going through that other thing, so we'll get we'll get some listeners when they come on here one more time. So we'll just keep talking about that one thing. So when you go, so when that happened, when you were looking at the draft, yeah, you you made a choice too, probably just to go and 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 uh, and sign up. I remember I, I remember saying that too when I was in junior high. I said, I'm not going to get drafted, man. I'm just going to, we're just going to, I want to pick what I want to do. I remember back then too, you can be in the army and you can do a two year stench and have all the military benefits. And, and, uh, you know, I didn't do that either. Uh, I think we were so war worthy at the time and it's such a loss of Vietnam. You know, our parents probably didn't want any part of us doing that, right. um, back in the right. day. So, all right. Well, we're live now. So I, I'll introduce you, Dave. So if, when, as people come on and you guys are going to relook at this broadcast today, so I'm, I'm talking with a good friend of mine back from our early karate days at Tarzana Karate. And um, his name is David Storacci. So he, as you guys know, if you do any kind of Tong Sudo training with us or any of my Krav Maga training, that we have numbered black belts. And, you know, Mr. Chikau is into the thousands. And I was his 100th black belt. And I believe, Dave, you were to what number? 42, 43? Number 42. Number 42, number 42. Yeah, so I think that my brother was, you know, he got his black belt a little bit before me. So, you know, he's one of those uh, little flyweights like yourself when he went through the, through, the, through the system. He's the one that got me started. So you can see how far back that you started. So let's go back to um, where uh, where you started, Dave, as far as, what made you decide to do martial arts? How did you choose Mr. Chikawa Studio? How did you choose Tong Sudo, or did it choose you? And um, uh, and let's go from there and see what you think. Let's let's start there. All right, so so what happened was I, I was like you said a flyweight. I think I was you know probably a buck twenty five maybe. <clears throat> and all the sports that I was involved, I love. I was very athletic. Loved playing football and basketball and all that stuff, but. Um, my stature wasn't really conducive to those types of, of <laughs> um, so I saw enter the dragon and I watched Bruce Lee and I said, you know, he's not a real big guy. And I, I think I can do some of that stuff. And I thought to myself, so I went to my mom and I asked her, you know, I was like, I think 15 at the time. I said, you think, you think I could uh, start getting into karate? I, I want to really try this thing. And. She says, sure, if you stick with it, because <laughs> I've tried a few other things, instruments and things like that the kids do. And I, eh. So um, 
we got in the car and we started going driving around <clears throat> to different karate studios. And one of them I remember was Bob Bob Osman. Remember remember Bob Osman? Right. I remember Bob Osman. Yes. Um, and a few others we yep. we we saw. And then we walked into Tarzana, and instantly I felt, you know, at home. I you know for some reason I just felt at home. So I ended up taking uh, uh, that week week of lessons, the free week. Of, I think it was late 75, December of 75, I believe it was. I took a, a week free of lessons. And then in January 70, 76, I, I ended up, you know, signing up for a program and uh, just never looked back. You know, it was, it was good stuff. So it was, um, uh, so I told, I, I told you this little story the other day and uh, before, before we came live yesterday and I, I spoke about, um, I called Mr. I and, uh, right. So when you and I trained, um, I think that we, you know, I've, I was talking to Mr. Chicago about this the other day that, you know, we've earned, uh, the, uh, guys from back in the day, we've earned calling him Mr. I cause we've never called him anything else, but Mr. I, right. Mr. Chicago, you know, today is grandmaster, great grandmaster, you know, even those titles to me, I can't, you know, those titles, I can't stand them. They drive me crazy. You know what I mean? Um, right. Especially when I'm still doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're calling me grandmaster, yet I'm getting tapped out by people. I'm like, man, I've got so much more to learn that uh, that the title sometimes doesn't match what we're doing. And so, you know, we've got to earn that that right to call him Mr. I because students ask me all the time. Why didn't you call him a great grand? I said, you know, we just never, that's just wasn't part of what we did, man. It was never that I, I, we've called him Mr. I since day one. Right. And so I talked to him about, it. I said, Mr. Rich Cow, give me a story about David Storacci. I'm going to have him on, on, uh, on live tomorrow. And he, that's when he, he said that, I think it's the man and weight that you guys were, there was a, a group of you guys and, um, you know, you were, and he related to you cause Mr. I is a smaller dude. You know what I mean? And, uh, so these, these quick, fast fireflies, that's what I call them today. Um, you know, these quick, fast fireflies that, that do martial arts, you guys are built for it, right? You guys, I certainly wasn't the, the typical guy for, for Tong Sudo. I really wanted to do judo and my brother's the one that, you know, Tong Sudo found me, but you guys were so fun to watch the jump turning heel kicks and all the stuff, how fast you guys could move and, and do what you guys do. Right. And so there's a group of you that used to go out and, and, um, and fight. And you guys, what, what, that's what you guys love to do. I think that's what the, what, what people today, I mean, we really didn't wear, people don't really realize we didn't have, we had maybe knuckle punches, if not some tape on our hands. And that's how we went out and fought. Right. right. So, uh, Let's talk about how, how, and when, cause you started in 76. We were just talking how you and I are the same age. So we're, you're kind of in junior high. Did you start competing right then and there and, 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 and just continue on? And let, let's talk about your competition days. Okay. What that looked like. I, I didn't compete right away. I didn't compete till blue belt. And, uh, I, I was, I always just loved the fighting aspect of it. And, uh, so I just trained and trained and trained and, and, and learned. And then I started going to tournaments and only to fight. And then after a while, you know, Mr. Chicago, of course, he started, you know, bagging on us about forms and, and <laughs> making, get your forms down because it's a, a total balance in the art and all that stuff. And uh, 
<laughs> and you know, I, 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 I was, li I heard him, but I wasn't really listening at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so we just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And, uh, yeah, we always, we always were looking for a place to fight on weekends, you know, all the time, all the time. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I don't know. If so we got some quite, we got quite a few people online. Go ahead. No, I was just Go gonna ahead, say sir. back in the day, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember when Mr. Chikow used to give give a bunch of us keys to the studio. And oh, yeah. uh, so a bunch of us had it and and a bunch of he called us welterweights back then and a bunch of us used to get together and go to the karate studio at nighttime. You know, a lot of guys would go to parties and all that stuff. We just wanted to fight. So we'd show up at, you know, <laughs> whatever whatever hour, it didn't matter what it was. <laughs> we beat the hell out of each other, you know, and, and <laughs> it was great. You know, and the only thing that, that we made sure of is that the sweat or any blood that dripped was wiped up off the mat before we left because we didn't want him coming up and saying, give me the key back. You know, so we had that that respect, you know, from for master. You know, it's so funny that what yeah, what he does there. Um, <laughs> I remember having the key, too, and I remember. um he would, uh, you know, Tom Block used to go in on, on odd hours too. And, um, he would work out and Mr. I would be so angry. Like this guy better clean the mirrors, man, when he's done. And, uh, cause you know, Tom, man, he was a workhorse, man. He's, you know, he's doing jump, turning heel kicks and sweats flying all over the place and definitely not COVID friendly back then. But, uh, uh, definitely. <laughs> I, I remember this vividly that's probably why a bunch of people have keys to my studio because i guess right. i've just kept that tradition you know what i mean you got guys that really work hard and uh, i'm glad you brought that up because i've told everybody i said you have no idea we'd, we'd spend we'd burn the midnight oil at this place sure. you know people were out partying and we're we're in there we're in there banging you know and uh that's just what we did so hey, Mr. um he said it the other day i was talking to him last week and he said you know back in the day i mean he couldn't get rid of us he said, he said, you guys were always here. So <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, <clears throat> today there's a lot of distractions and a lot of other things they can do. But <clears throat> back when we were coming up, I mean, it, it, that was our life. We just lived martial arts, you know, and that was it. Mm. Yeah, it was good. And so I'll tell people about you here in a second. We've got some people that are hopping online saying hi to you. We've got, I don't know if you ever met Clay Pearson. He's one of my black belts out in Georgia. He's online. So we got somebody from Georgia. We have a Melissa out from Florida. Uh, Ronnie's on. Patrick Prager. He's one of your, he's one of my black belts that has a school out in Santa Clarita. He's built just like you. He's one of those, those, uh, those little guys that jump up, you know, fireflies as I call them. Keely's on. Ashley Sage. She's another one of my black belts um, that runs my stuff here. So we've, we've got quite a few people on here saying hi to you. Um so I tell, so I tell, here's a big story about David Storacci. If anybody doesn't know, you know, the big boom one time was Tybo, right? Uh, Billy Blanks did Tybo. We had David Storacci. So he did Tybo before uh, anybody knew what, what Tybo was. And, um, <laughs> and so David Storacci used to do a Wednesday night class and he'd ask Mr. I, Hey, you think I can do a little bit of music? And he would do commence to doing cardio kickboxing. That's what actually is probably more cardio karate than even kickboxing, mm -hmm. because that's what we did when we did karate. It really wasn't kickboxing. I mean, back in the day when we trained back early, 
you know, we weren't doing a bunch of mixed stuff. Like we, we, you know, it just wasn't opened up for that kind of uh, a thing. You know, you got so much grief if you did anything outside of your norm. Um, uh, and so, um, we went ahead and we all couldn't wait for David Starachi cause he was the little guy that was so fast. And then he would do this cardio, you know, we just had fun, right? We throw music on. And of course music was way better back then than it is today. And, uh, so we had much better music to do martial arts to back then. And that was David Starachi's doing his, uh, how did you come into that anyway? How did you decide that? Hey, let's put some music and do this kind of stuff. You know, I, I don't know. I just, because of the craze, you know, you watch the TV and all the people jumping around leotards and all that crap. And, and uh, <laughs> it, it just looked like a, a tough workout. So it was about warm up. It was about a warm up. And I remember Mr. Chikawa telling me, he said, uh, you know, because, because we were so traditional back then, music in the karate studio was a no, no. So he did, a, because of how open-minded he was, he allowed it, but he said 10 minutes. I said, all right, all right, we can do that. So I went and got uh, my, my little boom box and I walked in with my tape <laughs> and I started it out with uh, Eye of the Tiger. Number, uh, that's uh, right. That's, right. Is, that's the best <laughs> song for martial arts, man. You know, it was, it was like a, a knee and then a leg lift and a couple of punch. I mean, I kept going and going and going and, and, you know, it was weird because people really enjoyed it and it caught on and my classes got really big. And I think it was just because of that, really. But didn't, uh, well, you know, you had an energy, though, Dave. So it wasn't just the, the music and new cardio. It was your, you know, you had an energy about yourself uh, that, you know, you were, you were one of the tough, you know, one of the tougher guys in the school, one of the fighters out there doing doing uh, tournaments and, and all that kind of stuff in. And so you were known for that, but you had this energy about yourself and just a likable dude, you know what I mean? So it was fun to be around you and, you know, there was never any kind of, um, put downs or anything like that from in class. I mean, everybody's like, okay, you do what you can do and let's have some fun. And you were loving it just as much. And it, it just shows, it just goes to show what, you know, what happens when, uh, you know, you, when passion meets talent. And that was what you, what we had with you, you know, you had some passion and then you had the talent to, to show, uh, to showcase. And not to mention you had like the, uh, the energizer bunny, the endless energy that goes along with, with what we do, you know? So it was, it was awesome, man. You know, it was one of my, probably one of my favorite memories out there. You know, Mr. Ken Knight was one of my big mentor back then and he loved you too, but he was the opposite of what you would do. Right. You know, he was the very, you know, but he loved you like a, like, you know, this kid, this kid is awesome. You know what I mean? Um, so it was, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was great, man. It was, uh, it was an honor to be able to, to train with you back then those, those days. And, um, I, I tell my students that they, they like to hear about these old days. A lot of my students like to hear about the old days. And I was, I was telling them, I said, it's just not the same, bro. And, um, you didn't have... It was yeah, you just, yeah, you didn't have all the, um, uh, you know, we had a lot of pride in our school, like you talked about, you know, when we got done working out, I mean, we would make that place look uh, spectacular. We wanted to look better than what we came. You know, I've had even problems in my own school where uh, um, 
I try and get the students to to pitch in, and and I I've had parents actually say to me, um, uh, well, what do you what we're not paying to clean the studio. And I'm like, wow, you just missed the whole lesson. You know, I'm just like, what? I could never imagine my folks saying that. As a matter of fact, my folks would be, you know, you better get your ass in there and clean up after yourself is about what you better be doing. And, uh, it just, I don't know, just a different, different. So, you know, I, I think we, the rags going, I mean, we always had something. Yeah, we always had something. So I think that's another that's another thing that now you started um, you started uh, martial arts a little bit before me. So you got your black belt, I think, in 1981. I got mine in 87. So there's a big there's a gap. But I think you and I came together just because of the fighting. If I um, if I remember right. 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 I think that's where you and I. You know, of course, I'd always come and take your class because it was just fun. And um, but I think it's because we both had a fighting spirit is where where we probably, you know. Well, you were the killer. You were the killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember a lesson uh, that you taught me back then. Uh, we were fighting and as we always were. And uh and you're, you know, you're a big, strong guy. And, and you know, like, like I told you before, I weighed about a buck 25 back then. And uh, <clears throat> we would fight and I spar with other people. And then I got to you and uh, you and I start fighting. And I remember this, it was a lesson that I learned. Uh, and it's so vivid in my mind, you know, we were fighting and I would hit a lot harder when I fought you than I would hit other people. And not that I was hurting you or anything, but you noticed it. And uh, you came to me after said, David, you know, just because, you know, I'm bigger than you and the way you hit, it doesn't mean you're it doesn't hurt. So you were trying to trying to teach me a lesson about control that, you know, in certain situations, you know, you let it fly and in other situations you don't have to. But I didn't really realize, you know, because of my size that that it didn't hurt, you know, but Mr. Chikawatani. (laughs) throw those things to where they hurt, you know? Yeah. 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 You told me, you told me about that story and it's, it's like, yeah, I can, I can see back then, you know, I was, you know, I know that, uh, my reputation back then was, uh, a lot, a lot different than my brother. You know, my brother was one of those real defensive fighters, very controlled and stuff like that. And, And you're right. I was, I just had that, I don't know if you want to call it a chip on my shoulder or that just a warrior's mentality. And I think I've told everybody that before. I said, there's a lot of difference between having a warrior's mentality and, and being able to, um, you know, turn that switch. And I think, and you know, you've been around me enough. You saw how much trouble I got into sometimes because of that, you know, there was no joke that Mr. Chacal would be, you know, chewing my ass on a, on a pretty continual basis. Um, and I had a lot of lessons to learn back then, even as big and tough as I was, I was always just like, you know, my, my attitude just needed adjustment. And that's what, that's what martial arts did. And, uh, I don't know, you were just a little bit, you know, you were different than that. Dave. You were just a, you know, just a good, you know, everybody loved you, man. It was just a good guy. People, I, I'd like to get an old picture of you because you look like, you know, just like Jason flame did, you look like Johnny from, you know, the, the karate kid back then. And, uh, you, you know, with your blonde hair, the, you know how we had in the seventies, our hair was all nice blown out and, um, you know, you probably had a nice leisure suit back then. 
that you were doing flying sidekicks in and stuff like that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, it was, uh, it was awesome. You know, I tell everybody too, but I said back in the day, you know, there wasn't really, um, we almost had to learn control because we didn't really have e equipment, you know, um, at all, you know, and Jason Flame said hi to you. He's online listening to us. I guess you, you're going to be with him here pretty soon too. Yes, sir. He'll have different, it, it'd be fun listening to your guys' stories because he has a different perspective because, you know, I live this stuff with you. So, I mean, you and I were chewing the same dirt for a while. It'd be exciting to see what, what Jay has to do when he, come, when you guys get together. Um, so, um, you started now, listen, you, you started at the school before it was on the corner of Tarzana there or, you know, where I was. Right. And you, you were, I think across the street, is that where you started? And I think yes. Rick Oakey was, was one of the instructors there at that time. Is that correct? Right. Right. It was the Capri Plaza across the street, down the street a little ways. <clears throat> and, uh, back in the day when I started, uh, Mr. Chikawa and Mr. Gross were still partners. And oh, mm-hmm. Sherman Oaks Karate Studio and Tarzana Karate Studio. And I guess when they parted ways, they, they switched uh, studios and Mr. Gross took Sherman Oaks and Mr. Chikawa took Tarzana. So mm -hmm. and then a few years later, we, uh, we moved down the street. But uh, right, those were, that was a great studio. Yeah. I loved that studio, man. It was, <laughs> it was cool, big mat, you know, the big bathrooms and everything back there. It was really nice. So the, the the Capri Studio was bigger than the Tarzana one, is it that correct? Bigger. The one in the corner. Yes. It, yeah. The mat was big, wide, and square, where the the Shirley uh -huh. Studio was kind of narrow and long. Remember? But yeah, but it had a great wall that you get to bounce people's head off, which oh. I did on a numerous times. It was fun. Always right. <laughs> but the mirrors that, were all close too. That's the correct. Were close too. Yeah, yeah. The mirrors were right. The mirrors were right there. I used to love that. You know, I don't. Well, you remember back at the time. Sometimes when we were fighting, you know, next door was. I think she had an antique shop. So there'd be times that we would. Especially if I'm in class, I'll be throwing somebody up against the wall and knocking. She'd have to move all her stuff off that wall. The poor lady. I mean, I, I just, oh man, right. I remember that. I remember that vividly. And uh, hey, so those were also that was um, around the time where the karate craze it, it exploded in the valley because of Karate Kid. Mm -hmm. We we lived through that whole thing. I, a matter of fact, I went to a cattle call. And I tried out for that part of, of Johnny of, of the kid. Did you really? I didn't. I didn't know that. I, I think I don't know if it was Hollywood Boulevard or where it was, but there was like I don't know, a thousand guys, fifteen hundred guys standing there. And we didn't have phones, so we weren't all standing there doing that. But <laughs> just waiting, and I had a backpack over my shoulder and a little book I'm reading. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, here comes Mr. Pat Johnson, and I guess a director and a producer or something. They're walking down the line, and they're just looking for a look. They're just looking for somebody. <clears throat> and I couldn't believe it, but this was like one, my one claim to fame, this, uh, my 15 minutes of fame or whatever you call it, but they're walking down and Mr. Mr. Johnson actually recognized me and he looked and he says, Hey David, how you doing? I said, Mr. Johnson, great. Thank you. And they kept walking. So I went back to my book and all of a sudden all these guys come around. Oh my God, you know, Mr. Johnson, how do you know Mr. Johnson? Blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> that was my one claim, claim to fame. I didn't get the yeah. Well, you know, talking about that now, did you get to, did you take any class from Pat Johnson? Was he around? 
No, he wasn't around. He, he well, he was around. I mean, I saw him at tournaments. Um, he used to hang around a lot with uh, at Roger Lacombe's school. Mm-hmm. And I remember we'd go out there and we'd fight at Lacombe's, and Mr. Johnson would be there a lot. And uh, but you know the stories that Mr. Chikawa told. You know, we I, you you just know you know the man, basically. So, but I never I never got yeah. To well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I got to I, I tell everybody about, you know, what what our history is, what people don't know. And we'll get into your, your tournament days after this is that, you know, we come from a huge lineage of fighters, you know, Chuck Norris and, and, and Pat Johnson, their fighting team was unstoppable back in the day. And uh, so and Pat, Pat Johnson, you know, he did a few classes for Mr. I when I was there and, uh, you know, I got to take, you know, and he fought all of us. So I, I fought him about. I don't know if you want to call it fighting him or getting our ass kicked by him. I don't really know which one it was back in the day, but you know, I remember, I remember one time I was sparring with Pat Johnson and he's like, you going to hit me or you just, we going to, you know, you, we going to bounce around. And I'm like, you know, you're like, man, if I hit him, what, the, you know? And so you start going harder and then, you know, I've eaten some of Pat Johnson's, you know, you know, body punches and, and these, you know, what we call flip it back knuckles. I mean, his back knuckles was just as powerful as a jab. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you, people just don't, you know, the old school karate. I mean, you just don't really, you know, and, and so I got to, you know, I got to have him a few times. So, um, you know, we are real lucky about that. So people, I tell everybody, you know, our lineage is the karate kid, just so you know, you know, Pat Johnson's the one that taught them all mostly Tong Shido is what's on set. And uh, you'll even see Nyachi forms on some of the other ones. I said, this is our lineage. You know, we are the, you know, we are the Cobra Kai, even though we have uh, Mr. Chikawa, who's Miyagi. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and Mr. Chikawa is definitely the Miyagi, but he's got a little Cobra Kai in him. He likes us being a little more on the edge. You know, he loves it. I know he does. You know, he eats it up like candy. Sure. <laughs> so, you he know. Was telling, he was telling me about Mr. Johnson, how he probably got... Uh, you know, the move <laughs> from one of our katas. He probably came from that from <laughs> our, one of our intermediate forms. But that was pretty cool. Yeah, isn't that funny? That Yeah, isn't that funny? That, that yeah. I, so, you know, people, you know, people have, you know, we have a very rich tradition in, in fighting. So that, you know, that brings me to what you did um, and, and how you got into the tournament circuit in the old school, in the old school days. And, and maybe some of the lessons you did. And I know that everybody kind of measures herself by the, uh, you know, Long Beach internationals, what that looks like, you know, everybody fighting in the long day, you know, you had the, the patch, every time you got to compete, you'd have a patch and everybody would put them on their pants, you know, the patch with the flame on it. And it was known that, that, uh, Bruce Lee was at that tournament and that's one, you know, where he showcased. And so it was a big, huge thing. Matter of fact, you were probably there that, Remember the big fight that broke out at the Long Beach Internationals where they were throwing chairs at everybody and, and, and police had to be called in. What an embarrassment for martial arts, but uh, martial artists. But uh, you fought in those. You, I think you told me you fought for 16 years in there. So let's talk about your tournament days and what that looked like for you. Well, yeah, that was uh, the Internationals was fun. It was uh, it was always the first week, the first weekend in August. And it was like, uh <clears throat> I think it was it was August. I think it was August first weekend in August, and it was it was like an event. I mean, people would go there with their RVs and get hotel rooms, and everybody would you know lay around, and it was a whole weekend. I mean, you'd be 
you'd be at the convention center at two, three in the morning because they were you're finishing finals and and it was just a crazy time back then. But when I started tournament fighting, there was no safety equipment. It, it was it was totally bare knuckle, and that happened for about a about a year until June Ree came up with uh, with safety kick and safety punch. And uh, I remember a lot of guys getting hurt more once we wore gloves than when we didn't, because I guess they thought that, you know, those one ounce gloves would, would protect you. <laughs> but, you know, yep. you, you just let your shoulder fly and you knock the shit out of somebody. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, the internationals was fun. It was, it was, but I went, it wasn't only the internationals. The internationals was the, the biggie. That was the event, you know, and, 16 years of that and and uh you know i got to fight you know great guys from people would come from all over the world you know you get guys from germany and, and japan and mexico and and you learn you learn so much from all these guys just like they learn from you and uh the camar what is it camaraderie we i mean yeah you know, back then it, it wasn't such an attitude where, you know, we'd get together and beat the hell out of each other in a tournament and then, you know, go out and party, you know, it wasn't like you were all pissed off at somebody and, you know, it was like, you know, you, you got me this time, but I'll get you next time, you know, back and forth either way. So it was, it was fun yeah. stuff. It was, it was a lot of fun. Now, now Dave, now, you know, known as a fighter, which, you know, which, which most of us were, but you know, you had some pretty solid basics back in the day. Anyway, you know, your, your forms were always pretty solid. Did you do forms in competition too? Or are you just a fight? Well, it started out with just fighting because I didn't really, um, I, I, I didn't, I, I liked forms and I always performed them as though it was a simulated fight. So like Mr. Chikawa was taught us about that, that the forms were a simulated fight basically. So I've always performed my forms with a lot of intensity. So, but I kind of put them on the back burner because, you know, I like to fight. But Mr. Chikawa, what he did and how he got me, how he got me into it was, uh, he probably doesn't even know this, but he, he, would, he would pull like really cool stuff from, from like forms like Rohai or, or, you know, these other forms that we weren't at that level yet. And he'd pull little pieces of it and he'd put together these design forms. And those I thought were cool. So, you know, then I started getting interested in forms and, and I would perform. I figured, you know, if I'm going to be there all day in a tournament, you show up in the morning and you don't leave till, till late at night, I might as well have more to do than just fight, you know? So I started competing in, in forms as well. Yeah, Mr. Chica, he, uh, yeah, he had a way of doing that. You know what I mean? You know, he... Uh... <laughs> yeah he I, and you know what and he's a stickler you know i called him the other day about you right i said and he answered the phone i said hey, what are you doing mr i and he goes oh i just got done doing all my forms i'm like he, thursday he is uh <laughs> he is so he's 75 now and he's still doing all his forms so i hear you go down there with him sometimes and do those with him now right he told me you used to go to the bar and grab a beer. Now you go and do your forms. Right. Well, the, the bar, you know, my, my fiance, Keely, she get her, I call it Keely maintenance. She uh, <laughs> gets her hair done or her eyelids, eyelashes or whatever it is. And what I would do is I'd, I'd go there with her and I'd drop her off. And then whatever bar was near, I'd just grab a beer and wait. 
you know, and, you know, I, I look at it as, uh, as working because I'm always talking about real estate with anybody I can find. <laughs> so I was kind of working also. But then I got to the point where I'm thinking, you know, the one bar was right down the street, right there by the studio. So I said, you know, I'm going to start going and working out if I can. So, so that's what I did. And, I, and now I don't go to the bar anymore. I just go <laughs> strap on my belt and I, and I hang out with Rich Gallup. And he's helping me. Uh, he's helping me. I want to get, get that next rank. So he's, he's helping me along with that. It's really neat. Well, if there's anybody uh, that I know that will, well, we we talked about your a master's test for yourself, and I, I look forward to training with you on that. And we'll 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 show them what what we'll show them what the new sixty looks like, uh, you know, on, with these with these young kids. But uh, I couldn't wait to 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 see you do that. I've told everybody. I said I, there's a gamut of people way before me just because I'm one of Mister I's highest rank. It's because I own a school and I had perseverance, you know, I just didn't quit, you know, eventually at some point, you know, you're going to be right next to him at some point as far as rank goes. And, um, uh, but seeing somebody like my mentors that are coming up, uh, you know, I told everybody just because you have a rank doesn't mean you don't have a mentor, you know, Mr. And Mr. Knight never tested. I would never, right. you know, I would never take a seat before him on a panel, you know what I mean? It just, uh, you know, he was just such an awesome dude. And, uh, here's some, a couple, you know, I'm sure you remember Gary Wachowski. He wanted to say hi to you. You remember Gary? Yes. I love Gary. Does that name sound familiar? Yeah, he's a I banger. He, he, he yeah, he's a banger. He used to like to freaking fight, you oh, know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> that's, uh, Prager. Yeah. My, my black belt says I wanted to fight. I can see why you trained with Mr. Starachi GMC. Yeah. Well, you know, I tell everybody we, there was a certain amount of us here that just like to just like to fight. I mean, it's just like what we, we like to do. And, uh, and, and it, you know, I think those lessons back in those days too, uh, Dave is, uh, you know, if you couldn't handle the fighting, man, you just kind of got, you know, we probably lost a lot of good people just because we didn't really teach fighting. We, we experienced fighting. You know what I'm saying? You weren't taught how to fight. You either right. survived and got your ass kicked and, uh, learned from your mistakes. That's how you learn how to fight. You know, now we have a little bit, you know, have to worry about a lot of stuff. Even my own kids that, um, you know, watching my son even do some cage fighting and stuff like that, seeing concussions. I don't know how, I don't know how we survived. I mean, I got rocked back in the day, so I don't know what, you know, I did some rocking and I got rocking, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's what's wrong with this. Maybe my short-term memory isn't what it used to be because of that. You know what I mean? So, um, but it, it certainly was fun. I, I wanted to give a, just a, a, a quick respect to you on what it, what it was for me. So you can see it from my perspective of, of, um, you know, how, how we, how we perceive each other. I, you know, I knew my reputation in the studio and, uh, and, and I just wanted to make sure that you, you knew, you know, just how much loved you were at that, uh, Thank uh, you. that, you know, back in the day and, and what you, what you started, you know, you, you, I don't know if you know this, you know, I went and we, we did cardio, uh, was it cardio karate? John, John Graydon, I think was doing these big things in, out in Florida where cardio, cardio karate was really big in classes. And so you're doing all this, you know, all this movement and all this. And I went and I went and took those classes and, you know, you were just ahead of your time. And, uh, um, 
and I think we we all do kind of what you do today. Every time we do it, if we do any kind of cardio stuff in class, we always say, I, I, I know me. I'm sure Jason Flame says the same thing. Hey, guys, we're going to do a little warm-up. This is old school. This is what David Storacci used to do when we took class. And uh, and so um, I'm sure Jay, Jay, Jay says the same thing. Mr. I says the same thing today. And uh, it was just something that you did. And I'm glad that I was able to live part of that with you. And, uh, you know. I know that you and I banged around. I I know we did with the Block oh, Brothers did. and all that kind of stuff. So we did. You know. There was something going on, but uh, <laughs> with the cardio stuff, I think what Mister Chikawa uh, he swears that I invented it because he he, he knows that uh, <laughs> you know I went to I went to college in Texas and I fought all over that state in tournaments and then I went to college my second two years in Michigan and I fought all over Michigan and Billy was from Michigan, so. Uh. But along the way, when I was in college, I'd, I'd get these these jobs and I'd teach karate in, in health clubs and stuff, or they call them health clubs and now they're gyms. But um, <laughs> it, it was it was pretty cool. And he swears that I probably taught one of Billy's students, and then he saw, he heard about it. This is what Mr. Chikawa is here. <laughs> um, but I tell you. Um, Billy was a lot smarter than me because he marketed it. <laughs> That's right. You know, we may have ideas, but if we don't capitalize on them, somebody else will. Right. And, you know, I, I say that all the time. You, you'd be surprised. And, you know, we, we, we look back on our life and go, what, man, I was doing that before, you know. Uh, and, and then the, the part that I probably for you. Right. What what our kids don't understand is you'd have to mix a tape for class, right? We'd have to have a cassette and record this song, wait till right. the next time record this. So we'd have a mix thing. We didn't have iPods and all that. We had to physically make cassette tapes so that we could have these songs that we wanted for our, um, you know, we'd have to buy a whole album for one song. We right. didn't have a 99 cent deal where uh, we can get that. So it just wasn't, okay. it wasn't like that. Remember That's the tape right. recorder with play and record, and then you'd have the pause right. button and on the radio for the, for the song to come on. That's right. And then when you hear it, you'd have to run, push the button, and say, okay, I got it. I got it. You know, we'd missed, the, we'd missed you know, 10 seconds of the first part of it, but we didn't care. And uh, that's just how, you know, that's just how we did it, man. It was good. Um, Jay, yeah, Jay, Jay said, Jay, Jason Flame said the same thing. He goes, uh, short-term memory is gone. You know, I know that. Poor Jay. I've rocked his head a few times. Um, and uh, he says that, he, yeah, he, he remembers you too. Mr. Rachi is one of my favorite instructors. Loved his energy. Wow. And uh, so, you know, you just had, you had a good reputation back then, Mr. Storacci. It always has. It always, you know, we talk, you know, when we, when your name comes up, it's always, it's always just about just how tough you were for a small guy and um, just how much energy and, and that you had and everybody loved to be around you, you know? So, it's probably why, you know, you've, you went from that to be, uh, you know, success in your, uh, in your business now. So, you know, before I go in there on a personal note, where, how many children do you have now? And I hear that you're a new grandpa, right? Yes. Two kids, uh, two children. Michael is 28 and Brianna is 26 and Brianna just had, uh, Talia baby girl and, uh, she's my little granddaughter. Uh, well, I haven't, you know, I haven't quite experienced the grandpa part yet. We'll see what Michael brings down the road, but you know, I, I envision myself with a granddaughter or a grandson and I'm just like, you know, uh, 
you know, life, life, uh, you blink your eye and it's gone. And I, and I think you'll agree that we lived at a time, I, you know, I, I tell my children, I said, you know, really enjoyed, you know, we didn't have these iPods or phones that, that in, encrypted our life. I was out playing pickup basketball games and we were playing mud ball at CSUN when it was the rainy season, we'd be playing, you know, tackle football in the mud and we would just be completely muddy and, and we'd be playing basketball. And I was an avid racquetball player back in the eighties. I, I, I played, uh, forever. And, um, you know, so I, I just think that, uh, we, we got to have some, some just, you know, grew up in, in some, some really, not that it wasn't rough because, you know, like I said, you know, we were probably thinking about war and what, what that's going to look like for us, but, uh, still just, just, just those days were the studio was, uh, the studio, I guess, was our iPod was our video game. You know, we lived the video games. We didn't play them, man. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't do this and, and have, you know, finish him. We were finishing them, you know, on a, pretty much. And that's what we did. So Dickie, I guess Dickie got to work out with you. He's told me this a few times, Dickie Billings. He, he yes. goes, we were talking about you last night. He came, uh, you know, he, over to my house last night and we were talking and he goes, you know, he's still fast, Mr. Cox. And I said, what, well, why wouldn't he be Dickie? Why wouldn't he be still fast? What are you trying to say? He's old. And I said, you should glove up with him, bro. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so, but he's, I guess he's got to get, get, see some workout with you. So seeing you back from, uh, you know, now you have the new generation that's kind of looking at you and watching, going and working out with Mr. I, you know, it, it, it's just an awesome thing, you know, yeah, you know, it was, it was neat coming back, um, after so long, uh, away from the martial arts, you know, I, even though I didn't train formally, my whole life, I kicked and punched, hit a bag. I, I always stayed in shape. So um, coming back was just, I, I don't know what happened. I think when COVID hit, I was looking for something that I could do. Um, my fiance, Keely, she's a fanatic about health and workout. And so she inspired me to, to start doing stuff. And, and the natural for me was to get back into martial arts. So what happened was, is it sparked something once I started doing it. I mean, I, I, it sparked something in me and I became like a born again martial artist. I mean, I can't get enough. I mean, I'm out in the backyard doing forms every night now and she's on her, her treadmill thing or whatever it is. And, and, uh, and, you know, she's sweating in here, I'm sweating out there and we're just doing our thing. And it, it's just, uh, it's just a whole new love for me, you know? And it's just, yeah, really that's, well, and, and that, and once again, a testament to what you are. So I, I see this all the time in COVID, you either learn from COVID, you either controlled COVID or COVID controlled you, you either, you, you know, you either going to barricade yourself and not, not do anything else or improve yourself through it, or you're going to let it do, um, you, you know, you're going to let it, uh, encompass you or you're going to kick its ass. I mean, it, it, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you just, you, you have that same thing. And once you catch the bug, you, you catch the bug, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, we got a couple of the comments before we hit Dave Miller. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know Dave or not, you know, you may or may not. He was the pastor at, when I first started at Rocky Peak Church, it was called Faith Mountain at the time. Pastor Miller was, was, uh, one of the, uh, he was our lead pastor there. And, um, he was an avid racquetball player too. I remember a quick story about racquetball when Dave Miller was, uh, 
he they were taking questions when they first were looking at him for our head pastor. And he, they said, I understand that you play racquetball. And he goes, I do. And they asked him, why well, are you any good? And he goes, well, I don't want to brag or anything, but I practice uh, hitting low shots on the curb outside my house. I'm like, that was an awesome. I'll never forget that. It was good. Right. Um, Jay, I've got a couple other other stuff for you. Jason said, it's true. It's right. Being in school is always our home away from home. Now, here's a name from the past. You remember, Glenn? This is Glenn Sevilac. You remember, Glenn? Oh, Glenn. He's he's a forever green belt. He's the oldest green belt. And in Texas, he never got his black belt. And, uh, you know, I hear he's an old cop now. And uh, him and I, um, him and I got to got to do a lot of fighting back in the day, too. So Glenn was just a really cool, uh, cool cat. If you think about it, you think about his name after we get down here, you might remember Glenn Sevilac. He was a but I know that he moved to Texas and out of the communist state of California. Um, So I'll probably not be (laughs) <laughs> so I thought what would be good now that, you know, we've, we've got some of your, your backstory. And so I, I, I think what you did, Dave, is you, you sent me something in the mail the other day and it, this is nice letter about, you know, thanking me for having you on and stuff like that. And, uh, and then you have this brochure, right? This brochure that you sent me. And so now you're a real estate agent now, right? With, um, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, I think is, is what it's called. Correct. In California here. Right. right. And your, your brochure, you know, it caught my eye that, uh, you have this picture of yourself after 40 plus years, I still get a kick out of real estate. You know what I mean? So martial arts, obviously anything we take inside the, inside the studio goes to the outside studio as we, as we move forward in life. Right. Right. And, um, <clears throat> So you had these eight important lessons in your brochure. What martial arts training taught me that made me a better person and a better real estate agent? And I just thought that I would take the the back half of what we do before we end and talk about this. You have eight, eight, um, eight points. And I thought we would just take a minute on each one a little bit and and, and see how you've taken what you've learned in the martial arts into your real estate business, right? So number one, you have focus and concentration. And so what you put in here, it says, in these complex times, distraction is constant. Proper representation in the real estate business does not allow for distractions. You will have my full attention at all times. And then it's pretty much like what a fighter does, correct? So why don't you why don't you take 30 seconds or so and, and let's let's talk about that focus and concentration part. Well, you know, when I was younger and and getting these lessons from Mr. Chikawa, I mean, I, I know after all these years, he understands how important he is to all of us. I mean, you know, I mean, he's Mr. I. So focus to me, I mean, I know we learned a lot of these lessons. And again, I'll say, you know, we listened, we, we heard it and all that. But for me, none of this stuff really, really clicked and came together as a unit and, and meant as much as until I got a little bit more mature. But focus, you know, focus, concentration, clarity, you know, there's so many distractions in today's world, you know. So when you're doing something like like uh, selling a house, for example, you're going to have a stack of paperwork and hundreds of signatures and there's a lot of real uh, precise things that have to happen in a contract. So it's just like, you know, 
you know, it's just like fighting, you know, or, or breaking boards. You know, you have to focus on your target and hit it. And the only way you're going to hit it is it is to focus and and to to make sure that you're accurate. So the focus and concentration is a big thing in in any you know in these these points that that I go over. Um, these these I've paralleled with every part of my life, no matter what I was doing. You know, work, relationships, um, any problems you have with people. Um, Mr. Richard Cow always taught us to, to go back to the basics, you know, mm -hmm. and for me, this is the basics of, of my life. Anyway, I just, I just take these points and I, and I stay basic with it. You know, as long as you're, you go back to the basics, I think you can, you can keep balance. So that's basically focus. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Number two, you have here for respect. And I, you know, I agree with you a hundred percent on that respect is unfortunately, uh, uh, underrated in today's world. Treating everyone involved with respect creates a favorable atmosphere of cooperation which results in in higher quality transactions. I don't think there's anything bigger than respect in martial arts, right? You, you want to take a take a minute what you thought thought is on that. Well, respect is another basic, you know. I mean, a, a lot of times you hear people, you know, in any situation, you know, and they'll they'll say something that really doesn't need to be said. You know, that guy's a stroke or this or that. I think you need to figure out where people are coming from, you know, what's happening in their life or whatever. And just respect where they're coming from, you know, because in a, in, a, in a contractual situation or a negotiation situation, I always looked at negotiation as, as combat. You know, it's, it's mental combat, but it's combat. You know, a guy, a guy hits me with some negotiating point. And it's like you block it and you, and you, you know, you, you punch overhand right, left hook, you know, you, you go in with your, your negotiation. So to me, that, that's how I looked at, at negotiations and business in general. You know, it's just, uh, you have to have respect for that person, know where they're coming from. Awesome. Three, you have teamwork, Dave. You said, my clients benefit from the sum total efforts of all the Berkshire Hathaway team members working together as a cohesive unit to make your transactions a success and provide you with unequal service. So teamwork is your number three important lesson. Right. Teamwork to me, I mean, I, the reason why I'm with Berkshire Hathaway, uh, the people at this office, we have 250 agents. We have, uh, four offices now. And, uh, it's such a great team of people to work with in, in, in a highly competitive industry. People are truly happy for you when you have success and little successes, they congratulate you, but it's not just congratulating you to say congratulations. They truly mean it. And, uh, willing, and, you know, we're all willing to help each other along that path. You know, anytime you need help or whatever, it, it, you just get it. You don't have to even ask for it. People just dive in and, and help you along the way. So it's a really neat thing to have in this type of a uh, industry. You don't and see I think, it. yeah, I, I think that that's something else learned back in the day when we used to all work together, like you said, in the midnight hours, the, the, just this, the teamwork that we had around each other for us to push each other to a next level or to push through, uh, problems or whatever. I think this is a great, uh, lesson in your in your brochure here you know this is uh number four i think is really um really good and and something that took me a long time to learn in the martial arts right even imbalanced temperament lack of control prevents transactions from coming to 
fruition. A real estate transaction can be a very emotional experience. Preventing harmful outbursts is paramount to stress-free experience. An even balanced temperament produces a collaborative atmosphere resulting in optimal results. This is really powerful, I think, your your even and balanced temperament, what you have here in your brochure. Right. I mean, you know, I, I, I know when I was when I was younger, I, I, I was a hothead sometimes, you know, and uh, any time that anything ever happened in my life and I became a hothead, it, it always threw whatever I was trying to accomplish out of balance. And, um, you know, you almost, it's almost like people will say something to you in a, in a transaction and, it, and you feel like it's a personal affront, you know, so you might react a certain way that you probably shouldn't. Where if you, you just calm yourself, think about it for a second, and then you can respond intelligently and keep the balance. So um, I, I just learned, you know, through martial arts that, you know, uh, 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 that concept, you know, I mean, I, I always remember people saying, you know, if, if you fight a guy that's real angry and mad and he's out of his mind, you know, this guy's off his nut, you know, you're going to really pick him apart because he's not focused on really what he's trying to achieve. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the military and, and police terms, that's a OODA loop, right? Make, messing somebody's OODA loop up is what gives you an advantage. And having that even, sometimes having an even balanced temperament messes somebody's OODA loop up because it disarms them. And uh, it's a, such an important lesson here. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, I really, this one stuck out to me more than any of them, believe it or not, you know, cause I guess, you know, in life, we always kind of look at things. What we struggle with in our own life is what, what we are attracted to, like even like grading on a, on, on a test, right? We usually hammer somebody on something that we don't do well. You know what I mean? It's just a human nature. And so this was really, this was a, a powerful for me a, anyway. Number five, you have self-discipline. With my 40 plus years of training and competition, I have learned the power of self-discipline that provides my clients with constant and reliable results. Let's talk about your self-discipline part. That, that um, in the martial arts, I learned uh, you have to do the work. And uh, coming up through the ranks, I think the lesson I learned was, was both positive and negative. I mean, on the positive side, um, I... I People said I had some natural ability. So what happened was I was able to skip a few ranks on the way up. And, you know, sometimes you do that and you get a little bit of ego going and you think you're all that. Um, <laughs> but then what happened was uh, I got up to, I, I think it was my black, my first, uh, my black belt test and I failed it. And that was the biggest, the biggest lesson of my whole life was when I failed that test. And the reason why I failed that test, not that I didn't have the ability, because Mr. I even told me afterwards, and you know, you're, you're, you're fine. You're good. You just didn't do the work. So, <laughs> well, you know, you remember. We, we, I remember, it, dude. It wasn't retest. It was fail. And, and being told that I failed the test with big F-A-I-L, that really, really drove me to be the person I am today. Because if, if it would have been, if I would have passed that test, it would have been, it, it, what would it have meant? It wouldn't have meant anything to me. That was the biggest, biggest um, thing that I learned in the martial arts, in the self-defense, their self-discipline, do the work. 
I, you know, that's a, st- I did not know you did not pass your first, um, black belt test. I did not know that this is news to me and to hear it. Cause I remember back in the day putting hours and hours and in, and then, you know, you knew, you know, you mean you, Mr. I'll tell you today, you, you didn't even key eye in your form. You know, you failed that test. Okay. And you have to continue doing that test and you know, you failed. Right. And in in your head, you're like, well, yeah, that that one's over. And how many people would quit today because of a failure? Listening to you tell that story and say what that is, is such a powerful, that's powerful today. That that's something I didn't know about you. I can't even believe that David Starachi didn't pass the test. You know, that's probably one of those things, Dave, you're such a natural at it. You know, when I was, when I gave John Wooden a black belt one time, an honorary black belt, I asked him that question, John, how do you deal with people that have supernatural abilities uh, and not, and not, you know, that makes everything goes easy for them? How do you deal with that professionally, professional athletes? And he, I've never said he, pat, he put his arm around me, pat me on the back and he goes, sometimes people need a pat on the back. And sometimes they need a SWAT on their behind. That's how. And I was like, I'll never forget him telling him that, you know, uh, that with, you know, Kenny Broderick and I doing that. So that was awesome. That was really good. Uh, what, what, an, what, that was an awesome thing there. Number five, self-discipline. Number six, man, we got a couple more here. You have responsibility on number six. It says, I embrace my level of responsibility in what may be one of the most important transactions of your life. I consider your trust a privilege. So you, you, you're taking on this responsibility. Let, let's talk about that, your thought process on that, on, on, well, mo- on what that most, looks like. Okay. Well, most most people, uh, a real estate transaction is, is usually, in most cases, the biggest thing financially they'll, they'll ever do in their life. So I, I've got a very, very overprotective nature. And uh, and I, I really overprotect my clients, my friends, my family. Um, and I do the same thing here in real estate. So, um, you, you know, these contracts are, are long and there's a lot of verbiage and, and it's really confusing for people. So I, I really try to take the time and explain exactly what's going on for these people. It's it's my responsibility. I mean, if. if if a mistake is made, it could, it could, it, it could be big, you know, in these mm-hmm. transactions, real estate transactions in California are big, you know, there's a lot of money involved and it doesn't take much, um, um, to, to screw one up. So I, I've always looked at it and taken responsibility for that and everything that I've done. I mean, if I, if I parallel this with martial arts, it's the same thing. The reason why I failed, I took responsibility. Yeah, I was upset. You know, but I didn't get pissed off. I knew I didn't do the work. I knew I, you know, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm kind of natural at this stuff. I'll get it. Well, I blanked out. I blanked out on a form, you know, but I'll tell you uh, what, I didn't work. And the next time I tested, it looked pretty <laughs> Right. That, see, that's another thing uh, that, and I guess that correlates with responsibility is just having this extreme ownership. I think that's my favorite book I've ever read is just taking extreme ownership because here's the thing. Yeah, we, of course we're going to be pissed off because that's what we do. And we want to, and usually we, we're going to force that anger out this way. That's why as a school owner, I can't tell you how many times people are so angry at me uh, uh, for parents or whatever, for something, their kid, you know, they got their kids instead of just taking responsibility. It, it, when you start taking responsibility, it lowers stress levels. You know what I mean? Uh, 
And having extreme ownership has been the most freeing thing that I think I've done for myself for a long time. And that so correlates with responsibility. Because when you take responsibility for your actions, that's where you grow. When you get pissed off at somebody else because something you did, you know, um, right. and, and I was notorious for this as a young man. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, it was always somebody else's fault. It's so-and-so's fault and da-da-da. And I realize now when people come back on me, they're going to have to learn that same lesson. At some point, they're going to say, hey, that was – I've had it happen many times where you come in and go, Mr. Cox, you know, back in that time when you did that, that was that was on me. I, I should have uh, – you know, I shouldn't have, have done that. So your girl's on here saying no pain, no gain. She yeah, probably kicks her. your ass, bro. That's her motto. <laughs> yeah. She probably freaking working. She she probably put you put you to, to task, I'm imagining. Um so seven, you got, we got two more to go. We got patience. So, you know, I like, uh, you know, this is something that this takes a long time to have, but today's real estate transaction is a complex, sophisticated series of legally binding agreements, all of which interact with each other. It takes tremendous patience and focus to work through a myriad of variables to achieve the desired results. So, yeah, I think patience and fighting go hand in hand. Yeah. Without question, without question. And, uh, you know, again, in a real estate transaction, there's so much and there's so much. And a lot of people will look at all those contracts and just blast through them without really being patient and reading them and understanding what they're actually seeing. And uh, in martial arts, I'm experiencing that now because um, there's a lot of new katas that are that have been added since the last time <laughs> I tested 1995. So I know, man. I've been learning a whole bunch of new, new stuff. And in the old days, my, my, uh, I'd want to go real fast, you know, hurry up and go fast and learn this stuff today. It's different. You know, I've got that patience. I know about it. I know how to, how to apply it. So I'll, I'll take a kata and I'll break it down into pieces and just master that piece. And then I'll go on to the next piece and master that piece and then put it all together Back in the day, I wouldn't have had any idea how to do that. And because of patience, I'm able to do that now. Yeah, that's, well, that's that's true. I think I, that's one thing that, you know, studying uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with Sergio now is uh, if there's anything I've learned, you better be patient in that game or you're going to get your neck snatched up. You know what I mean? You better be under, you better be able to weather a storm and have patience and wait for the opening for sure. Absolutely. So your last one, and is, which is a good one to end on, is confidence, right? Successful negotiation in today's high-dollar real estate transactions require a high level of skill and a higher level of confidence. Let's talk about that. Right. Your now, confidence conf level. I think that in the martial arts anyway, that, that came along with, uh, with actually doing the work, achieving certain ranks as, along the way. And, uh, you know, Mr. Chikawa, I, I, Loyalty is big to me, and I, I, I'm so loyal to Mr. Chikawa. I mean, he's actually, like, I, I think I posted it last week. He's one of my heroes. You know, I mean, I've learned to be confident through the years and years of his teaching. You know, he probably doesn't realize uh, what he means to a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. But the confidence that you get through the different levels and through the different years it is just incredible. And, and in business, uh, it's the same thing. You know, I, I, I look at 
things and I learned certain things the same way I learned from him. I try to really take the steps and I keep saying, do the work. It's such a basic concept, but he always taught us, you know, black belt's the master of the basics, you know? So anytime I ever had a problem, mm-hmm. I would, I would go back to the basics no matter what it was, because ultimately that's where you're going to find your answer in the basics. Yep. In the foundations. I think that's it. It's awesome, Dave. I was very, you know, just how you sent me the letter in and everything else. I could see how even in your business, you've taken what you've learned in the dojo and you've taken it out to the street. You've probably changed many people's lives with their most important um, investments that you have. I'm sure, you know, people may not know you ran a restaurant for for a while. I'm sure you took these same principles that you did running a restaurant and, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've experienced heartache, both of us in, um, in life also. And without our martial arts training, uh, with some of these principles in here, we would have, um, you know, that would have even been harder to do. Um, I think your, your quote says it all in your, in your brochure. It says a man who has attained mastery of an art reveals it in his every action. Samurai maximum. That was, uh, you know, I think that was a, a great quote in here. I really got a lot out of this, just so you know. I, just to see a brochure and you hold one, you know, that's just not something that you see any day. You know, everybody takes their phone, they scans their, their hey, do you, yo, dude, what's your FB? What's your IG? You know, and I'm like, you know, uh, and I, I'm, just to hold a brochure, I used to have these when I used to hand these stuff out too, where people can physically see this and, and, uh, you know, I got a lot out of, out of what this is, Dave, as far as, uh, um, uh, you know, what this, what, what you have here. And so I hope everybody kind of gets a, you know, I'm looking forward to what Jason flame and you, you guys will talk about next. You know, I knew that, uh, you and I had, had chewed the same dirt. I'm sure, you know, I, I, I heard some stuff that, you, you know, about your, you and I's days and. And, uh, it's always fun, you know, the, <laughs> when you're the old junkyard dog, you know, when you were the young pit bull at one time, I, I tell Mr. I that all the time. I said, I was such a young pit bull at one time. Um, and now I'm just kind of the junkyard dog, but the junkyard dog is the one you got to be careful. You don't mess with. And, yeah. uh, because it's got wisdom experience behind them now. And, um, I couldn't have done it without Mr. I too. So, um, with that, Dave, I wanted to make sure that, you know, you want, I want to tell you this, how important you were, you, you know, in my young time coming up in martial arts. You know, I wasn't abandoned weight like you guys were, but I certainly enjoyed your energy and it was fun to be around you at the time. Uh, I know how competitive you are. I'm a super competitive dude. And so it's probably why we kind of attracted to each other uh, anyway. And uh, we have, you know, we are men of faith at this point. You know, I know that church is important to you just like it is to me and leading by example. Now that we're a a little bit older and we can appreciate the Lord even, even more. Um, if we didn't have him through our heartaches, you know, I know that you lost your wife, uh, you know, to cancer, just like I lost my nephew and in a very similar time frame. you know, when 2017, a couple years later, you saw what we had to go through, you know, if it wasn't for, uh, the Lord in our life and, and having Jesus, we would have had a, a, even a much harder time, you know? So with his promise, we get to see these people again. And, and, uh, so being a man of faith is just probably tops everything that, 
that all these lessons we have, you know, is, uh, is to be followers in strong, strong men today uh, of faith can uh, move mountains for sure. And you're definitely one of those. So I I really wanted to uh, thank you for coming on here. I look, I I look forward to hearing what your next one is with Jace because I get to hear it now and, and see what you guys will talk about and what, what, you know, what wisdom you'll give uh, everybody that day. So uh, with that, I'm going to let you close out with your final thoughts on what you, of your martial arts days and and what this is and, and then we'll end it. So I'll let you have the last word. It was just uh, martial arts was life for me and a lot of us back then. I mean, that's just what we did. We weren't a lot of distractions. And I think that the the thing I'd say is uh, my friend, Greg Smith, I think he might be even listening. His mom says, uh, said something that I just quote all the time now. And in taking control of your life, her, her point is, as she says, it's your little, it's your little red wagon, pull it. So I'm going to leave it right there. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, Dave, I wanted to say thank you once again. And if you guys are looking for, uh, I I guess now, you know, a man that if you're looking for somebody that you could trust in real estate, you got friends that want to do it. Uh, I will have his information here uh, after this. He'll be on my website at markcox.com, and uh, there'll be a blurb about him. There'll be a phone number. There'll be uh, an email away. You can go look him up at davidstarachi.com. You have your um, uh, a website of your own here, it looks like. So you can find him. Any, any of our old guys uh, from back in the day, if you want to reconnect with him, this will be a way for you guys to do it. You know, he's on Facebook also, and you know, that's for old people, according to what my kids say. Uh, so uh, you can find him there. And I'll uh, just with that being said, you know, we got a couple other guests that are coming up this week. You know, the next one, the next one I do, I think I'm going to be in Georgia and uh, I'm actually doing uh, um, a, one of my black belts named Justin Reese. And he's actually in Uganda in the jungle. He's been there as a missionary for 10 years with his family. We are so we are going to be doing a podcast with him uh, from the jungle. So, and what it looks like, his black belt training, what it's done. I mean, we have a Starbucks life compared to what he's he's got, and you know, and and you know, he's coming up. I got Blake Foster. I don't know if you ever if you ever met Blake or not. He was one of the Blue Power Rangers, but he's a you know he was a, a big tournament uh, guy himself. He just got his fourth degree black belt with us. You know, uh, he's coming up and my hop keto instructor Farbors is coming up, um, in the next four, four series. And he's going to have some, we got some really good, good stories together too. And when we get to meet, so we're looking forward to those Dave, have an awesome day. Thank you so much for spending time this hour with us. I'll get all your information out there, share this with your friends, guys. Uh, it'll be on my, uh, this is our uh, video podcast. So it'll be on our YouTube channels. It's live on Facebook right now, both on my at real talk and at Mark Cox and my YouTube channel, but it will be on a talking podcast also. So you can just put it on you in your car. I'll be downloading that later today. I'll give you all the stuff so you can share it out with your people. Okay, Dave. Thank you, sir. All right. I love you, Dave, man. I, 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 uh, it was a lot of fun and it, you brought back a lot of good memories and it was just a feel good, a feel good time, man. God yes, bless you. And the Lord bless you too, man. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. 
Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.